what I should Something told me not to go Cold hand reached out Welcome to Perfect Brainstorm Creative Challenges for the Creatively Challenged I'm Brian Perry I'm Houston Bobbly and I am Jake Bush. I thought you were going to say I'm new again. No, I'm <laughs> not like new last anymore. Week. I'm not new anymore. <laughs> okay. I'm a published okay. podcaster. I have been on yeah, the air. True. People have heard my voice. Hopefully. You have yeah. one whole episode under your belt. Yeah. yeah. I'm You're making a one name half episode. Okay. Who remembers the, the homework I assigned last week? Is Considering that, how we're these? that we literally just recorded it five seconds ago. Hey, they I don't, hope they I don't do. know that. Uh, this is a little behind the scenes of podcasting. Let's pull <laughs> back the proverbial uh, curtain. I am impressed that I remembered the word proverbial and not the word curtain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting ahead of the game a little bit. Jake's going to be off in Peru and I'm going to be refusing to record for the next couple weeks so uh we are coming to you straight after our teaser trailer this is the hardy boys discussion i stole yes. your thunder didn't i brian go ahead and That's introduce fine. the topic welcome <laughs> welcome to the hardy boys episode okay what we're doing for those listeners who didn't just listen to the episode which maybe some of you did i presented the challenge to make a tv or movie adaptation of the hardy boys this came to me because i don't i didn't think there had ever been any adaptation i read a few books when i was little um but i really didn't remember ever seeing any tv show or movie and it seems like like it's a name that everyone knows it's an intellectual property that like is not exactly hot right now, but it's one that everyone's heard of, right? Everyone's heard of the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, all that. I okay? mean, if you're over the age of 30, you've definitely heard about it. If you are over yeah. the age of 50, you actually care about it. And then here's us, the the late 20s, who are trying to seem relevant to an older audience, apparently. I Yeah, I, had my, I think I had my brother, my older brother's uh, copies of some Hardy Boys books. Um, I'm looking right now at a picture of Hardy Boys 1, uh, they're numbered just like comic books, and I love that. Um, mm. Hardy Boys 1 is called The Tower Treasure, and I absolutely remember this title. So I don't know if my brother ever got past number one, um, but who knows. To um, me, anyways. To me, I feel like if you have been in a middle school library in the past 30 years, then you, you should them. at least, like, well, I mean, more than 30 years. I'm sure they've been in there forever. But basically, even 20-year-olds probably saw these in their middle school libraries because yeah. I remember, like, a whole shelf of, like, Blue Spines and Hardy Boys, and they're in like yeah. the, sa- the same memory realm as like Hank the Cow Dog, and oh yeah, and uh, some other books that were about some kids in Hawaii that used to like go on adventures that I don't remember the name of. You know what I love? The boxcar Kids, maybe. Uh, I I don't I don't know, but they because I put that in the same category. Boxcar Kids. Yeah, 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 totally. You know what I love about this episode that we're doing? We came up that with none this. None of us know anything about it. <laughs> we came up with this great idea for a new podcast. Let's take Silver Screen Redemption, expand it. It's new. It's all-encompassing. We're going to have fun with it. It's a lot better than our old format. What do we want to do for our kickoff episode? I think the Hardy Boys is going to be a big the Hardy banger. Boys. Yeah. I mean, because it's a big name and everyone knows them. Um, I was going to say, Nancy Drew may have been an easier one to go for. It's a little bit more well-known. Uh, um, but there wouldn't there would not be a Nancy Drew if it were not for the Hardy Boys. So I have a question for you, Brian. We talked yeah. about you how everyone should know what the Hardy Boys are. What if they're like me and they don't know what the Hardy Boys are? Can you give a little recap about just if there's some big old dumbos in the audience? Yeah, <laughs> that's me. I'm the relatable dumbo some of this podcast. Challenged group. people. Here's the premise. Okay, 
Here's just a, a simple, it's two brothers, Frank and Joe Hardy. Um, they are fictional, uh, in case you were wondering. Um, there was a writer named Edward Straitmeyer who created them and, and came up with the idea and made a book company. Um, but the interesting thing is he writes under the collective pseudonym, okay? They had a bunch of ghostwriters all write under the name Franklin W. Dixon, who is actually listed as the author. But it was this Edward Straitmeyer who came up with the character, sort of basically came up with the concept, and then was just like, hey, let's get like 20 people to just crank these out. So he made this book factory, basically, where he just made these Hardy Boys series. And I think that's fascinating. So Franklin W. Dicklin, or whatever his name was, is just a conglomeration of a bunch of different writers all writing about exactly. these white 1950s Americano boys, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and when you say 1950s, you mean 1927. Okay. Well, there's uh-huh. our first misstep. Wait. They were in 1927? <laughs> Yeah, they came out in 1927. In 1959, they were revised mostly to eliminate racial stereotypes. So pretty progressive for the 50s. Pretty this good. This is blowing my mind right now. I had no idea. It, it is a machine. Like, this really is. Like, this guy started a company at the same time he was starting these characters. Like, I like the thinking of this guy of, like, let's just let's just make it a whole franchise. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to write a book and then see if it does well. Write another one. He literally just, like, started this company hired a bunch of ghostwriters and was like, okay, hey, guys, it's time to write the Hardy Boys. Since then, there have been adaptations. Uh, in 1975, there was a series. In 1987, there was a series. And then there's something called the original Hardy Boys mystery stories that ended in 2005. And I'm Whoa. actually not sure what these are. Based on the Wikipedia page, they might just be more books. I think those I are probably the here. lost crossovers when he ran into Scooby-Doo and the crew and solved mysteries together. That do- does sound like something it would, they would do for these. <laughs> in the Undercover Brothers ended in 2012, replaced by the Hardy Boys Adventures. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. There have been adaptations. I was wrong. But there haven't been any that I've heard of, which isn't a great sign. No, yeah. I have. Here's the thing. I have heard... Wasn't there a Nancy Drew movie not that long ago? There's a Nancy Drew, like, Amazon series or something. Yeah. Like, I, fairly recently, yeah. I remember there being something that was, like, actually in the public eye to some degree. Oh, I just pulled up the Wikipedia. Nancy Drew 20, 2019 TV series. Still on yeah. the air. <laughs> I mean, it just started. <laughs> what I was going to say is in 1929, so, so, like, two years after the first books had come out from, from the Hardy Boys, they literally were like, hey, let's make a Nancy Drew which will just be the female counterpart to the Hardy Boys is how it's phrased here. But because she's a female, she can do everything that they can, but just with one person. Just by herself, yeah. It wasn't like the, the Drew sisters. Can I, can I share a great line from uh, the Nancy Drew Wikipedia page since we're on that topic? Absolutely. A cultural icon, Nancy Drew is cited as a formative influence by a number of women, from Supreme Court Justices Sandra Day O'Connor to... Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton and former First Lady Laura Bush. So, if it wasn't for Hardy Boys, we wouldn't have Hillary Clinton. <laughs> there it is. That's Hardy a, Boys a very... equals Hillary. That's sh- that should be her new presidential slogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She should run on the platform of rebooting Hardy Boys. <laughs> That's like, what made her who she the, is. Which is really interesting because what, when most people think of Hardy Boys, they think like two young Mike Pence's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Does she know this? Do you think if she if she found out that Nancy Drew was a spinoff of Hardy Boys, who are two young white Mike <laughs> Pence's, she'd be super ticked about that? I was gonna say I feel like this is the Mike Pence way of justifying how those books should be allowed into public service. Of like, sure, just like explaining like, oh yeah, they they're only popular because they're the female equivalent of an already uh, successful popular book. I'm I Mike Pence, and Mike I Pence endorse this message. That's my Mike Pence impersonation. I hope it's accurate. I'm just imagining the BuzzFeed article about Hillary Clinton seems to be the polar opposite of Mike Pence, but they share more in common than you'd think. <laughs> so speaking of taking polar opposites and connecting them, how are we going to make this universally beloved Hardy Boys movie? The first thing we is we have to ex- ex- acknowledge and accept that they are not universally beloved, right? Like, <laughs> no one really cares about the Hardy Boys, which is why I'm so excited to do it. It's like, uh, it's yes. just sitting there waiting. I want to be the, the next Edward Straitmeyer and just crack this open. Yeah, it's our job to make it universally beloved instead of in need of uh, revision to eliminate racial stereotypes. First of all, I guess we should talk about what has changed since 1927. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be a long discussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Things have Everything changed since 1959. Um, I, also, I don't think I've said once that they're detectives. Okay, I think people have picked it up from context. The Hardy Boys are detective. Well, how has detective work changed since the 1950s? And here's an example I will give, okay? Veronica Mars, you guys know I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. uh, as of a couple of weeks ago. Veronica Mars is basically an updated Nancy Drew. That's kind of the concept. They make several references to Nancy Drew. Most people in the show call her Nancy Drew in a derogatory manner. So, like, that's one way of doing it. Like, okay, put, put Nancy Drew in high school... Uh, in the early 2000s. Do we do the same thing? Do we keep them like kids? I think part of the appeal is that they're younger, right? Here's, I, I was actually thinking about this, Brian, you know, cause, cause you have, well, you had different schools of thought here. Are we can reboot it in the sense that we're just kind of taking inspiration from it and forming a new series of boys who are solving mysteries or we're using the original characters and it's still based in 1927 or this is my other thought. Is it like, is it like grown up? Hardy Boys, you know what I mean? I actually like that idea, Jake. That was kind of what I was thinking. Like here's they <laughs> Here's an idea. They're the original characters, but they're still alive in the 2010s, so they're just wicked old. They're, they're super just really old then. No, old, I don't, we can't go that far. The Hardy, I think most people assume they're from the 50s. I think we just stick with that. That's yeah. still pretty old. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. 70. But I think we can fudge a little bit and just say they're men. I, I'm fine with doing just kind of like a spatially generic time frame where it's like the 2000s where like you have access to newer technology, but you don't have to like showcase it is the now, it's the 2019, we have smartphones everywhere. You can just kind of like leave the newer technology out. And so it leaves this cloud of mystery as to when exactly it is. It could be 1920s or not. It could be the 1990s. It could be 2019, somewhere in that time frame. Um, What I like about this is we're in an age where we question everything very literally of how does this work? And then we, everything from like into the spider verse to Deadpool to just everything is kind of a meta comedy of properties now. And so I, when I see the Hardy boys, I think of, well, they're like nine years old. How serious of mysteries can they actually solve? They're nine in my mind. Um, So 
I like this idea of, and I think this is pulling from my own life, not to get too serious, but this idea of what if when you were younger, you were on top of the world, you were a spotlight of the community, this big fish in a little pond, you were this ace detective as a nine-year-old, and then you grew up and you're washed up you, has been. <laughs> Are you, are you, do you, do you miss I'm your pulling from real detective? life? Guys, okay. <laughs> I was smarter as a kid than I am now. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the part that relates. Okay. I can relate to that as well. Set them as 10 year olds. Cause that's when I peaked. Yeah. Uh, I'll give myself a little credit at uh, 13. Here's what I think I'm hearing that they were prodigies when they were 13. Yes. Okay? But now that they're adults, say we put them in their late twenties, early thirties. Um, and it's like, eh, they're okay. Detectives. They run a detective agency, but they're not like, they're not like legendary or anything. It's just like, oh yeah, they were amazing for 13 year olds, but now they're real detectives and they're running basically a psych level detective agency and not doing so great. No, they're washed up has-beens. They're not. Okay. Uh, they're even worse ooh, than ooh, I just ooh, described. Ooh, you ready? You ready? The softy men. <laughs> <laughs> They lost their edge in adulthood. I think that is the newspaper title that flips onto the, the screen as soon as we yeah. show like the 25 years later. Mark? No, I think we do okay, have like... Is the show called Hardy Men then? <laughs> I, I kind of like that, honestly. I, I think the Hardy Boys Returns is a good title for this. The Hardy, the Hardy Boys to Men. And the theme song is by Boys to Men. <laughs> Who is your lovable classic middle-aged wash-up Hardy Boys who can play them? Gosh, I have so many like lovable middle-aged wash-ups. Um, oh, um, I know who I picked. Sean Astin. <laughs> Sean Astin is Ooh. a good one. I like that idea because it's pulling off the idea. Like you can kind of read into it how it, he did Goonies, which was a child adventure. It's kind of in the same vein of Hardy yeah. Boys a little bit. And so you can almost read into it as like, what if the Goonies kids grew up and they became no ones? Like, is Josh Brolin in it then? It's Sean Astin and Josh Brolin. That is a perfect That's not tech bad. team. It's really not bad. I think that I think we settle on that for now. If something comes up later, I'm willing to to jump ship on them. But I think it's a good cast for now. And I kind of like this idea of Josh Brolin is the very serious one who's trying to still like he's ambitious. He just has some sort of mental block that's holding him back from achieving his full potential. Sean Astin is the one who's a little more real to life and just knowing where they're at, but being satisfied with it. And so you have that classic dynamic of one is overly ambitious, but not fully aware. The other is fully aware, not ambitious enough. They have to meet in the middle, tell his oldest time, and then they solve a crime humorously. So you're saying that you're saying Sean Astin is like, Hey, we're making rent. Like we, we're we're getting enough jobs that we're not we're not dead. Like we're fine as is. Like, yeah, we're fine. Modern, modern forensic technology has sort of eliminated our real usefulness. We doubled down on the idea of just like physical walk around, solve a crime. We never learn to adjust to the times. That's Ooh. why we're washed up has-beens. This is oh my gosh, that is such a great premise for situational comedy that you have this guy who just like refuses to adapt to technology and stuff, and he walks around like with a notebook and a pen, just like detecting clues and like a magnifying glass, and <laughs> and uh, and he's just smoking cigarettes all the time, and people are like, nobody smokes cigarettes anymore. You're you're destroying yeah. your lungs, and he's just like, you shut your mouth, kid. Jake, you're talking about Josh Brolin in real life. That's what it does. <laughs> 
are okay, are they going to be as old as Josh Brolin and Sean Astin? That's my hesitation. I, I, I like that age. I think that that's old. a good age for what we're going for. Yeah, all right. I think so. All right. Works for me. Okay, so here's the thing. So I'm looking at the cover here of the first book, and they, they dress pretty dorky. They wear – they're both wearing, like, a plaid shirt with the collar popping out of, like, a solid red and blue – Red or blue. One of them's wearing red. One of them's wearing blue uh, sweater uh, and sort of dress slacks. And I, I think Josh Brolin's character totally just sticks with that. That's how he always dresses. And then we put Sean Astin in sort of like the modernized version of that, which would be uh, like for me, I guess I wear like a plaid shirt with a hoodie sometimes. And that's only you, Brian. What? No. <laughs> it might be. Um, that is the Brian pretty, look. I think it's a pretty modern look. But they still wear red and blue all the time, so that you can tell them apart. Are they, are they twins? Sean Astin and Josh Brolin. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Sean Astin and Josh Brolin are twins, but you never know. Uh, it's <laughs> never only know. the best twin pairing since Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> we could say that they. I don't. know. We could come up with some kind of goofy uh, thing about how they're twins, but everyone makes fun of them for not looking alike. What if they're half brothers? Uh, that could be good. I want to make this a little like. I feel like Hardy Boys has, like, literature from that era, in my mind, has kind of this, like, oh, it's the good old times. Like, everything is safe and innocent kind of idea. I like this idea of... Have you even read The Great Gatsby that comes from the same time period? Uh, that's an exception. We did but an entire the... unpublished pilot podcast about it, and it was amazing. That's okay. going to be a bonus episode on our Patreon when we start a Patreon. Okay, let's move on from promoting your failed podcast and go back to my comment. <laughs> no, I literally just, it just occurred to me that like they're from the same era and that's really weird to me. That is weird. The Hardy Boys and Great Gatsby were written at the same time. Anyway, the Great Gatsby is a Hardy Boy grown up. Anyways, those kind of books I feel like are just like a very safe, innocent, like everything is fine. We just have these fun mysteries we're going out and solving. I want to bring yeah. like some challenges to that some higher stakes maybe so like so i like this idea of what if they're half brothers and one of them is the child of the dad's mistress or something like that so there's always this little tension of like they if like one of the brothers feels that the other brother's mom is responsible for his parents divorce or something like that so there's that inner word uh I almost said inward detention, <laughs> putting them back in school years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's this inward conflict between them. Yeah, that works for me. I have a question uh, before we move forward, because I think this is important considering that this is kind of an open-ended creativity podcast format. Is this a movie we're writing right now? The way it's built, it feels like one. I would like to put forth an idea, a brainstorm, if you will. What if... I don't think you're using that word correctly. <laughs> just, I, would like to I don't think we've ever used it correctly on this whole podcast. My brain just stormed, and I'm going to give it to you guys. <laughs> Let's just head this off at the beginning and make sure we only use brainstorm correctly, or we only use it incorrectly. I want to commit one way or the other, none of this, I like, think, one foot in, one foot out, do the hokey pokey I'm going. Dance. I'm going with incorrectly. I've already okay. dug that grave, and now I'm going to... Uh, so you've you know, got a brainstorm. Lay in it. Yeah. Yes, I have a brainstorm. And this is it. What if, since we're talking about making it kind of a more serious thing, but it's, I mean, it's obviously also going to be ridiculous. Rather than just a movie that comes out in theaters, it's an HBO miniseries. Okay. I think miniseries is right too, because I think Sherlock is the best like parallel of what we're trying to do, right? Yes. And it's like, it's like gritty. And basically it's uh, the, the creators of this, they wanted to make like a super gritty, like, hardcore grown-up hardy boys thing but it just kind of like comes off as really contrived and 
goofy and but and HBO just loses tons of money with it, but everyone just loves watching it. Building off of that, could we actually do it as a YouTube Red series? Because I kind of like this Ooh. vibe of uh, Cobra Kai, where it's taking an old nostalgic property and reevaluating it, looking at it that a no one cares way. about. That no one cares what? about. I'm down with that. And then we can build the cinematic universe that is the Hardy Boys versus Cobra Kai. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> that's how cinematic universes work. They have to solve a mystery at the dojo, and it's old washed-up men. I can't stress this enough. They're old, <laughs> and they're useless. There's plenty of old washed-up men, and also Josh Brolin is already in Cobra Kai. Oh, is he really? I oh, shoot. Cobra he's Kai. totally not. It's a different old white guy. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same. <laughs> That's racist, guys. I am offended for my people. I take it back. Uh, the old... Yeah, the old the old coach from Cobra Kai comes back, and he's got the same vibe as as Josh Brolin. When you said that though, Brian, I was like, oh, I don't doubt for a moment that that's true. <laughs> Josh I Brolin would I wasn't totally aware be in it, Cobra Josh Kai. Josh Brolin would definitely be in Cobra Kai. You um, guys need to watch Cobra Kai. It's so good. <laughs> if there's anything we can encourage our audience from this podcast, watch Cobra Kai. It is what we're so striving good. to achieve. That's the takeaway yeah. from this episode. Can I hit you with this? They were. <laughs> It starts off as just like this weird, like kind of existential crisis. Like it's really like calm and chill, though. Like it's a Hardy Boys level of seriousness. Just like kind of everything's on the surface, and then there's an EMP that knocks off the whole power grid throughout Whoa. the whole country, and they are the only ones who have physical experience with detective work. Oh, and so- this is so good. Oh, that's really good. They have to be brought on as these old-fashioned detectives who know the way, who aren't reliant on technology, and they get their one last chance. So, okay, 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 okay. So the EMP hits, right? Like, and we just have, like, this montage, this really dramatic, like, dun-dun, with, like, incept- like Inception music in the background of, like, yes. cops and detectives and, like, uh, government workers, all of their computers just, like, shutting down and their smart- smartphones stop working and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, the head of the CIA or something strolls into the president's office and is like, we don't know what to do. We can't investigate this. None of our computers work. And the president looks at the guy and goes, I have the men for the job. And then it pans <laughs> to the office of the Hardy men, and they're just, like, sitting there reading newspapers and smoking and, like, doing crossword puzzles. We do lose a little bit of the relationship where one of them is, like, up, up and on board with the technological stuff, right? Like, there's less opportunity to talk about that if I- the technology's gone. I feel like he's less like up to date. He just realizes he's behind the time. He's accepted. He, it. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I I think it would be fun to have uh, some old classic detectives. Maybe this would be distracting from the series, but like some old classic detective combos show up. Like I think it would be fun if James Roday and Dulé Hill made a cameo, not as their characters yeah. from Psych, but just the actors themselves, or like. If we get really fancy in the climax, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman show up. Or yeah, that's great. Whatever that knockoff one with Lucy Liu and who cares, they show yeah. up at one point. <laughs> so the one with like, Lucy Liu and who cares? Is this like post-apocalyptic middle-aged Avengers of detective work? Well, but the others aren't detectives, right? Or are they? They are detectives. Like Psych. Well, maybe oh. not, their, not their cameos, but they're just showing up in the right. series. I thought the cameos would just be like townsfolk or whatever. They could just, yeah, townsfolk who need problems solved for them. I like that they can't take the matters into their hands. It's basically that they, they have to play the client. I think that's the best, best use of them. Yes. Because the client always gets decent screen time, but isn't that important usually. Except sometimes they did it. And we can play into that. 
because what is important to our podcasts and our fake ideas that will come into real life production is that we do need to make money and the best way to make money is cameos i've learned and targeted ads from Google since it's going to be on YouTube, Red. Yes. I like this post-apocalyptic thing. Let me tell you a pro about it, and then let me tell you another pro about it. There's two pros, no cons, okay? The first pro. <laughs> it solves, I like you. You are optimistic. It solves the issue of that balance we were talking about between like, ooh, is it gritty or is it funny? I think it's a scenario that feels very gritty and it feels like it's supposed to be, but everything about the actual show and the characters is very lighthearted. I think that's the way we build that up. Okay, so that's the first pro. I think part of it is the situation itself is over the top. So it's suggesting it's serious, but you know it's not because it's it's kind of like Last Man on Earth, right? Like it's the same idea. Um, The other pro to this situation is it lets us build up long term issues that need to be solved, right? So. One thing I I really, really don't enjoy police procedurals. I don't think they're interesting at all because hardly anything carries over from episode to episode. Maybe there's like a little bit of character growth, but the plots never do. And the like like, mysteries never do, except for maybe one mystery of like, oh yeah, Adrian Monk never solved the murder of his wife, right? Like nothing really carries over that much. And it's one thing that Veronica Mars does really well. And I would love to see it here in this where like, maybe they need to, they're like helping to rebuild society. But in the meantime, they're sort of the head of the like non, non-technical detective force. Which is the only one left. Well, I think, I think the other cops can still help, right? They right. Just, like, they're the only qualified ones. They just need help because they, they rely too much on technology. Yeah. I can imagine comments in the writing of just like, Josh Brolin pulls out a magnifying glass and one of the cops is like, oh, it's like a real life search button. Because <laughs> millennials are idiots, am I right? <laughs> yeah. All of the people who used technology are just like so dumb and this like, <laughs> they're just like, uh, there, there can be some like little bit where uh, the guys are like, oh no, we have to get from Boston to New York City. It's going to take us days walking. And then, uh, Sean Astin just looks at them and he goes, no, I have an idea. And then it just shows them on horses. (laughs) (laughs) I legitimately thought you were going to go with tandem bikes. I don't know why. I thought you were going to say bikes too. Oh, Horses is so much better. That would also be a lot of fun, but they're all just like riding donkeys like into Manhattan with dramatic music playing in the background. I like that you are just like leaning into this old fashioned style so far that you've gone past their original timeline to like Old West, Pony Express. I really, really like the idea that like once every few episodes, it's not every time, but every once in a while, one of them just knows a ton about some really old technology and is like, all right, that's it. It's time to, I can't even think of any, let's, let's use these gas lights or I don't even know. Horses was the best example. So <laughs> I, I got You know what else. we just demonstrated in that example is that we are these idiot millennials yeah. who don't know about previous technology and how to use it. Uh, what else do we need to wrap this up with? Who's directing this thing? Ooh, I mean, question. it's a mini series, so it's probably a few different directors. Who's the showrunner then, I guess the, is the question. What about the Mr. Robot guy? Mr. Robot. Is that the wrong vibe? Is that too dark? I think that's too serious. Russo Brothers. (laughs) That's pretty fitting. And I think that draws attention. Like, Hardy Boys on its own, it'd just be like, eh, whatever. Oh, the Russo Brothers are doing the Hardy Boys. We should cast Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew absolutely needs to be in this show. Oh, for sure. I thought that was going to be like... That's established. Yeah. I didn't know if that that was going to be like the little teaser at the end to be like coming in season two. 
Nancy no, Drew. I think we bring her on in fairly early because otherwise okay. we, we already have terrible representation. I And I do want to... I don't want it to be like she's the perfect detective who knows how to do everything super competently and yeah. the only reason... like. It's no, the men's stupidity that brings her down to like relatability. I I think she is a flawed character too, and she's there. She's actually their kind of connection to the U.S. government because she's best friends with Hillary Clinton. Yes, okay. <laughs> I actually yeah, I, having her be a political connection is pretty interesting. Yeah. Does this all take place in D.C.? Because I was originally imagining like a sleepy town in like Connecticut or something. I think it should take place in a sleepy town, but the, you know they're just in the east. And a so sleepy they... town in Washington D.C. <laughs> they're probably south in Virginia somewhere. The I think Virginia is a good fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I do actually want to play off that idea of Nancy Drew and Hillary Clinton. I think like towards the end of the series, once they're like getting back into the swing of things and like uh, becoming competent again, she runs for a political campaign and her campaign is Nancy Drew and Hillary too. Just like the Tippecanoe and Tyler too campaign. That's my history buff trivia joke. Are, of you, the day. are you suggesting that Hillary Clinton is going to be her vice president? Yes. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, and they're running for mayor. <laughs> they're running for yes. mayor of their town. This is a fictionalized Hillary Clinton. So I, here's the thing. So I, I think, you know, we probably don't want to go too in-depth to the exact plot points. But, you know, they're, they're basically solving the mystery of who EMP'd the United States. And they have to go about using primitive detective uh, tools to do that. Yeah. But, like, what what's the resolution going to be? Like, I think if they're using sort of... Primitive is maybe a stretch, but using like if they're just using more more basic things, I, I don't I don't think it can be like like a foreign power. It has to be some kind of domestic terrorism. I feel like. What if yeah. the whole thing is a complete like nonchalant accident? Like I like this idea okay. that it's some incompetent bumbling uh, guy who just like through nepotism ended up working for a power plant. And just, like, did something to knock off all the power off the grid. And he just didn't want to be blamed for it. So he's going through this elaborate cover-up to hide his trail. Yeah, and I think I think there will be enough people... There are enough people who would take advantage of a situation like that. That it would be easy to think any one of them could be responsible for it. It's like, ooh, this person was able to make tons of money off of this based on this. And therefore, we, oh, it's probably him. We, we, I think we build up one guy as kind of like, oh, yeah, that's obviously the bad guy. He's definitely gaining the most from it. But then we reveal it was, oh, this is an accident. But it uncovers a lot of corruption on the way. So it's not just goofy at the end. I, I have another idea in terms of villain because, you know, I, and I think this could be relevant to our day and age, to the, to the audience that's going to be watching this. What if it was some group of, I mean, in the eyes of Washington, D.C., they're, they're domestic terrorists, but it's a group of people who has come to the realization that social media and technology was destroying our society, and they wanted to turn us back to the 1920s, and so they are doing this for some big noble purpose, and then there's this big psychological, ethical debate about it. Is life actually better, or are they terrorists? That works for me. A twist at the end. This is secretly directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Whoa. Okay, yeah, here's how I think it goes. I and think... you don't reveal the director until the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Secret, secretly directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I, think, I think most of the series is them... So we're doing it in, like multiple mini series i guess so like six episode series four yeah. to six episodes at a time maybe and then it's three seasons for example okay yes so first season 
it's basically just them kind of grasping at straws and solving like sort of local disputes and like solving crimes as you still kind of get the hint of, Oh, they're getting asked to help with this big EMP mystery. Um, and then second season we build to my big bad guy of like, Oh, it's this guy who who's made a ton of money off of the EMP. He's obviously the big thing. It's them sort of like infiltrating and figuring things out there and trying to get to him. But then the twist at the end of the second season is, oh, it was actually this incompetent guy and this guy is just trying to profit off of it, okay? But then the end of the third season is it was these, these like hippies that are like an- these Luddites who, uh, who are anti-social yeah. media and technology and stuff. I think that's a yeah. satisfying arc. And I think one thing I want to portray at the end of season three is that it is a balance of the Hardy Boys and the New Boys uh, like the modern day technology buff uh, cops and whatnot detectives who have to team up together to show that there is a balance between like old fashioned ways that uh, still have their merit and worth. And there is a way to effectively use technology without being too reliant on it and just finding that happy median. And I think that's a good message for everyone. I also think in like season three, they need to be like, riding their horses to some important place to solve some aspect of the mystery. And they just run into Mark Zuckerberg walking down the railroad tracks with like a gunny sack. And they have this, they have this dialogue where they're like, he's like, I lost everything. hit, And then they're like, what? Oh no. And, but then he looks at them and he goes, and I finally found happiness. And it adds to the tension of like, are things better than they were before or no? Mark Zuckerberg, found true bliss after he left his life behind and became a drifter. Now, is it going to be Mark Zuckerberg or is it going to be Jesse Eisenberg being Mark Zuckerberg? Definitely Jesse Eisenberg. Being yeah. Okay. Everyone will know. People will know that that's Mark Zuckerberg. I think this is good. I think we should wrap this up. Um, so there it is. Hardy boys. I'm, I'm like, really, I'm going to make a poster for this. Cause I'm very excited about seeing the Hardy boys on horses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited seeing Sean Astin and Josh Brolin on horses riding into Manhattan with, like some big storm behind him, looking all like dramatic. And yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'm a brainstorm. Off, but we'll see. If you will, <laughs> a brainstorm. Um, and with <laughs> that, this has been the perfect brainstorm. Um, look us up on social media at. Shoot, we still don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, be sure to tune in next week. Our topic for next week is: Is it going to be Jake leading the discussion? Uh, Jake, you you want to tell us your uh, topic for for next week? I would love to. Here is my completely original, well-thought-out, (laughs) well-developed premise that I've I've been working on for months. We are going to come up with Generation 9 of Pokemon. Nice. the, The region, the starters, and a bunch of other elements, and it's going to be the best Pokemon generation the world has ever seen. Region is a little broad, so I think we'll we, well we can narrow it down next week uh, when we talk about it, or or during the week I might think about some specific things like what do you need to define a region, um, city names, that kind of thing. Like it's kind of broad, so we'll 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 figure out what that actually means. Uh, but I like leaving it broad now in case our listeners want to send stuff in, and that can sort of help shape it. That sounds good to me. All right, I'm excited to catch all of these ideas next week. Should we go ahead and wrap this up? Yes. Let's do it. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley. And I am Jake Bush. Join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on an outro. <laughs>
I mean, yeah, my aggressive shouting join us next week uh, is probably not a good long-term plan. So no. we'll come up with hey, something. Hey, if you have an idea for a creative outro, because we apparently forgot to think about this, send it we, all away. Maybe we need to dedicate a whole episode to that at some point. Yeah. Uh, I think that's like 10 minutes worth. I, it probably <laughs> is, yeah. Remembering our discussions about what our title would be gives me like anxiety about that. Yeah. So let's not burden our listeners. So So for now, join us next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Houston, are you goodbye? Go. <laughs> okay, I'm stopping. Hey, cut recording. it right there. <laughs>